Yeah, uh-huh, listen up, yeah, I can see you're new to this, you ain't got no job, you ain't got no experience, you're entry level, you ain't got no qualifications, baby, you're entry level. Your entry level, baby. Your entry level. Ooh, yeah. Entry level. Yo, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. I'm here with Gabrielle Elaine Sheridan. Hello. What's up? Okay, Gabs is on because this week we have Kenny DeForest, who is a native of Springfield, Missouri. Gabrielle, where did you grow up? I was born and raised in Springfield, Missouri. Exactly. Yeah. So you haven't heard Kenny's interview yet, but I asked him the questions that you wanted to ask him. Uh, and he went to the rival high, high school, which was what? Kickapoo. Kickapoo. And you went to? Glendale. Glendale. So this is a very south. Is it southwest Missouri? Or yeah. just south central Missouri? Southwest. Southwest Missouri. Cent- this, this is very specific. If you're from Springfield, Missouri, you're going to love it. Gabs, where did you work when you... Uh, when you were when you grew up in Springfield um well my first job actually was uh, at Jay Prino's I didn't tell you this and I was like 15 so I was too young to work so I got could've, paid under the table could have worked at the cave to wash dishes in what, the back what's Jay Prino's it's just like a little Italian restaurant is it good yeah, it's good. It's not there anymore. Oh, devastating. Yeah. Taken over by a Chinese restaurant, I'm sure. But then... Which, I, it, by the way, listeners, it's not that is not a slight. It's just Springfield, Missouri is, has more Chinese restaurants than people. Yeah, basically, yes. Yes. Me and Kenny get into it. Okay. And then where did you go? <laughs> and then I worked at McSalty's. McSalty's. Ever. So, yeah. What What do they do at McSalty's? What did you do at McSalty's? I was a wait, waitress. Mm-hmm. And uh, what sort of food? It's it sounds like pizza, pizza and subs and salads. And they have the best ranch ever. Okay, go on. You think (laughs) they have better ranch than normal? I just think it's the best ranch ever. And I know it has MSG in it. I check the package (laughs) that they make. If I don't care, it is so good. Does it come in a giant tub and you have to pour it into smaller things? Uh, No, I never had to do that. I'm, I never I, had that chore. I remember one but time somebody there did. Yeah, I, I remember one time. One of the very first times I like stole, and I was like, "Well, that's what you get for stealing." It was at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh my god! And well, hold on, just <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hold on. And uh, the an extra ranch was like fifty cents, and I saw they had a bunch sitting out, like in the little Ooh. tub, in the little guys, <laughs> and I snagged three without paying for oh them. So a dollar fifty. I got them, brought them over. Uh-huh. I'm like, I've got them. Asian zing in the ranch. Perfect. I saved $1.50. It was fucking blue cheese. I hate blue cheese. I was like, this is karma. This is what I get for stealing. <laughs> you do hate blue cheese. I hate it I so bad. <laughs> I was devastated. I was like, I should oh. never have stolen. Now I just stole blue cheese from the place that I love so much. Um, I, yeah, I guess that's the lowest form of like bad karma though ever <laughs> no, <laughs> oh you got I, blue cheese instead of ranch when i stole <laughs> yeah the karma gods really got you i know i know my friend pat used to work there as a bartender and he would give us food that people did not eat it was great <laughs> <laughs> yeah he'd be like they didn't even touch these I, I mean i've eaten a slice of pizza off of other people's <laughs> really? stuff yeah <laughs> when you worked at mcsalty's like, 
these people are clean. They didn't even touch it. <laughs> so you it's be- like uh, you, your your eyes would light up. You're just like, do you want to take this home? And they're like, no. I'm like, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That's uh-huh, going to Gaz's uh-huh. belly. Incredible. Also, uh-huh. we we this weekend. The reason this is coming up. This uh, if you're just now listening to this, uh, we're recording this Monday morning because we went boogie boarding all day yesterday. Yeah, and got home late, and um, we're in an argument over who's better at boogie boarding. Yeah, and it's definitely not Brooks. It is me. I catch the waves. You just ride on the whitewater. If you're unfamiliar with boogie boarding, mm-hmm. what you want to do is catch the wave and ride down the wave, not wait for it to crash and then just get pushed along by all the whitewash. I, That's what Gabs does. I, I, this is how I know I'm better because we're like, oh, let's catch this one. And guess who would always catch it? Because you're me. in front of me catching that whitewash. And then I would ride it all the way into the beach. Oh, also, we so we set up at the beach and then we went out boogie boarding for like, a couple hours, uh, not thinking about uh, the tide rising. <laughs> and oh so, my god! So then we we go <laughs> we like go in, back in like we ride our, we you know come into the beach um, and I'm looking for our shit, which you know is our phones, yeah, our, everything, our everything. shoes, uh, backpack. Starting to get a um, little worried. Starting a little worried, and then a lady goes, "It's in the water." <laughs> like the, yeah, the the ocean's <laughs> coming up. Yeah, and like. Some woman, like, cause we we set oh, up we yeah. set up socially distant. Nobody was around us. Some woman watched the tide just come up and slowly take over all of our gear. Yeah, and you know she's got hand sanny in there. She uh, could have totally helped she just us. Like, out. A, literally, just a little yank of the blankie back ten uh, feet. My favorite part is that we were looking for our stuff, and she goes. Hey, 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 your stuff is over there. She knew. Yeah, she watched it come she in. She fully knew it was our stuff. She saw. Oh, man. We also saw a. Um, it's it's a little different when you don't even know whose stuff it is. Yeah. To let it walk like go into the ocean. What are you talking about? You don't you would let someone who you knew it was their stuff. I'm just saying it's adding another layer of like. Maybe she doesn't want to touch it. Corona. But still, it was wild. We yeah. also saw and, uh, a. I don't um, want to say what beach we were at, but I don't think that's her main concern. No, no. We also saw an R rated photo shoot in front of a lot of families oh yeah we will post that onto okay entry yeah. level. Up, up, up. where the and the world needs to see okay this. Yeah, we'll put on it we'll put it on entry level with brooksman uh Insta- instagram it is wild this girl this woman was lifting her um bikini up or whatever she had a thong bikini and then like bending, B- over, bending over while another man was taking photos in front of just so many children. And I was, we were dying. It was crazy. And then right before us, there was this kid that's just rolling around. Yeah, in the it's wild. Check it out. It's on the Instagram. Okay, we'll hurry uh, and finish this up. Uh, anything else, Gabs? Anything else you want to? No, other, I, I want to. Any I, other I, job shadows? Okay. No. I, I told you. Okay, so this week's listener mail is pretty fun. I enjoyed it immediately just from uh, the first sentence. It's from Danny. She goes, hey, Brooks, this story is coming from South Dakota, which you should listen to the David Van Heisen interview because it was South Dakota heavy, just like this one is Springfield, Missouri heavy. When I was in high school, I picked up a job at the local at my local great clips as a front desk bitch. <laughs> Already in. Already very funny, Danny. 
to refer to yourself as a front desk bitch is I, I like the, it. the best way to say receptionist yeah. that I've ever heard. Right. Yes. 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 So I'm like, and yeah. you, you're doing it yourself. I would never say that, but you did it. So I, I'm like, well, this email is getting read. Uh, my new job would consist of sweeping hair, folding laundry and answering phones. My first day working would be their busiest time. What was going to be the busiest time of the year? The $5 haircut sale. What? Yeah. So, and I remember these. These would, yeah, because in Iowa and like North Dakota, it's. Uh, Did you go? Did South you go Dakota. to one ever? Oh, yeah. Ours were called Cool Cutters. Cool Cutters. Cost Cutters. No, it was Cost Co- Cutters. Cost Cutters? Yeah, we would go oh get our haircut at Cost Cutters. Oh, so you didn't even have a great. Clips no, not in Manchester. Was, was... We did used to go to a lady's house and she would cut her hair at her house, but then her daughter bit my brother Brett and we stopped going there. <laughs> oh, I don't think we have enough time to unpack this. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Yeah, oh yeah. Br- like we, on the ride home, Brett was like, I got bit really hard by that little girl. And my mom was like, What? <laughs> yeah, so she's like, We're not going there anymore. Yeah, man. Shout out to Manchester, Iowa. Okay. So, um, uh, my first day working would be their busiest time of the year, the $5 haircut sale. As a young, naive, wannabe stylist, I was excited to meet my new co-workers. <laughs> yeah, you go in, you're oh, excited. Boy. Uh-oh. Unfortunately, they were just as crusty as you'd think. Blonde and black highlights smelled like Marlboro lights and had a large amount of Mike's Hard Lemonade stashed in the fridge. Now, I like that. Uh-huh. So the $5 haircut sale is this stupidly insane time for them because you will have families of 10 come in and get their haircut for what seems like the first time since last year's $5 haircut sale. Oh Great writing. Great creative oh writing here. I was busy running around sw- sweeping up the crustiest hair I've ever seen, answering the phone that was ringing nonstop and trying to get caught up with laundry. There was one particular lady that instantly disliked me and everything I did. I did totally wrong. I don't think I could have pleased this woman, even if I had a dick made of vibrating gold. Danny, you're you're fucking nuts. I, I know. <laughs> I want to know this woman's name. Wait, but did you hear what Danny just said? Yeah, she's crazy. Yeah, she's right. crazy. Danny, you're great. Uh, she would all. She would always. Sounds like that lady really would like that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She. Uh, this woman would always bring in a huge fountain pop and Jimmy John's for lunch. Incredible. That sounds so good. I know. That sounds so good. Gabs and I live in uh, Los Feliz, and there's no Jimmy John's that will deliver to us. So anytime any store closes, we're like, peace, God, be a Jimmy John's. It's mostly you. Well, and it's mostly you. You and love then Jimmy I'm just John's like, too, though. Please make it one so I don't have to hear this anymore. <laughs> but then also you would get, Brooksy, you would get so fat so, so quick. We would I, and bo- I know You this. like it too. I do like it too. Okay. It wouldn't be good. It's good that they're far away from Yeah, it's us. a Midwest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there is one in Hollywood that sometimes when we get really bored, we'll drive over to get. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, she'd, bring, she'd bring a huge fountain pop and Jimmy John's for lunch, spread all her shit all over the counters in the back, and it was annoying. So one day during this very busy $5 haircut sale, she told me I sucked at sweeping, threw a basket of laundry at me, and told me to fold them. I took the basket oh. to the back room and start folding. Then I saw her fresh Jimmy John's and pop on the counter, and I thought... I hate this place. And I put the lady's sandwich and three Mike's Heart Lemonades and someone's cookie from the fridge into my purse and dipped the fuck out of the back door in the middle of my shift. This is the kicker. So she just stole all the shit. Left. I she love goes, it. It I was my her. third and last day working there. She did it on her third day. 
third it anthem. took you three days to snap incredible uh then she goes shockingly enough the lady that had hired me called me the next year and asked me to come back and work the five dollar special again obviously no thanks anyway hope that wasn't too long and i don't sound like too much of a shitty person this podcast rolls danny uh it wasn't too long that was perfect danny you're incredible yeah not a shitty person i love it yes three days don't get abused don't let people use and abuse you no no no, it should be throwing laundry at you no exactly that's the whole motto of this podcast uh whatever happens Uh -uh. to you do it back to your job yeah yeah, they had it coming. All right, we'll get this. We'll get going. Um, guys, if you want the mugs, the mugs are for sale. I'll put a link for the mugs. Um, Patreon's out. Uh, any, and, and bottom line, just thanks for listening to this podcast. And I always forget, but uh, rate and review because you guys know at 2,000 reviews, Brad Pitt comes on. And then Leonardo DiCaprio situation. That wasn't my fault. He was surly. 2,000 reviews, Brad Pitt, Please who write. is also from where, Gabrielle? Oh, boy. We know Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, please write those reviews because I would like to meet that guy. Yeah, you would. You would. Also, here's a fun fact. When um, I met Gabs, I met Gabs when she was oh, no. uh, bartending. Well, just when you were bartending at uh, at the Rustic yeah. Inn. And I just like gave you my phone number. It was like, hey, if you ever like want to go on a date or whatever. And it's dark in there. You have very long, flowy hair. You have the the vibe about you of like of uh, like of Native American. You look to me like a Native oh, that's American. that's so nice. You're very beautiful. Thank uh, you. And then you're like, oh, okay. Then you text me the next day. You're like, my name's Gabrielle. And in my head, I'm like, oh, cool. This is going to be like a Brazilian, like I have like a new Brazilian girlfriend or something. Like, because <laughs> I just assumed you're from South America. And then you go, I'm from Springfield. Where Brad Pitt's from. I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you judge me so hard for saying, well, I just said Brad Pitt because I didn't think you would know where that is. Well, also another Springfield shout out. My parents met at Southwest Missouri state, which is in Springfield, Missouri. So I did know where Springfield is and I have a lot mm-hmm. of family from Missouri. My um, stepmom taught there. Yeah. My mom went there. My sister went there. A Missouri heavy episode of entry level Gabs. Thanks for doing it this morning. Guys have a great fucking week. I ended it, I guess, a little too early. Gabs, you have a story that you were uh, upset you couldn't get off. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the one time I was in L.A. at an art show, beautiful art show. I'm looking at art. I turn around three feet away from me. It's this other work of art, uh, Brad Pitt. Okay. And so I go home and I'm talking about it at Christmas or whatever. But my aunt had dated Brad Pitt in like eighth grade. And so I'm telling my grandma about it. He's a about, big listener. He's going to come on. I'm telling my grandma about it, and I'm so excited. I'm, like, bragging, and she goes, you know, I was the one that pinned on the croissage. <laughs> and I was like, I had no idea that this had happened. And what? I was like, what in the world? You're just going to hide this from me? Uh, so they went to, like, an eighth grade prom? It, yeah, I'm a, or, like, a dance, but my, like, Grandma totally outdid me. Oh my gosh, incredible. <laughs> I was like, okay, great, uh-huh. great yeah, story. Yeah. Fantastic, fun story. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, you know, I'm glad we got back on so we can get that out there. Your grandma <laughs> was the one who pinned on the corsage. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy this episode. Kenny DeForest is an amazing comedian. He's super funny. He's really rad and a great pal. And also, we got to interview outside, so this one isn't over Zoom. And so the audio quality is great, and I enjoy uh, interviewing in person so much more. So I really hope you like this episode. Kenny rules. Have a great week. Hey.
Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Entry Level. I'm here with Kenny DeForest. What's up, buddy? Hey, this is the first um, time I've gotten to do a interview in person. We're outside in your backyard right now uh, in Echo Park, and it is incredible. Thank you, sir. It is very nice to see a friend, and uh, I, I'm not good at interviewing over Zoom. I don't know if the listeners, you can tell. I prefer it this way. It's so much better, man. Uh, Kenny's a great comic. You, uh, you're, you're, a, you're from Springfield, Missouri, which we will get into. It's for very sure. exciting for me and my household because Gabrielle's from Springfield. But then you moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met you there, and then you moved to New York. And when I was in New York, a hilarious comic took over the Knitting Factory. And actually didn't ruin it, which I couldn't believe. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then now you're out here and you're killing it. It's super fun hanging out. Um, I'm at your house. You are engaged to Sashir, who's been on this before. Yes. So listeners can go back, listen to Sashir Zamata's episode, and then listen to this one. Or this one, then Sashir's. You'll get it out. Um, but Kenny, how's it going? How's uh, the nightmare that is uh, everything going for you? Man. Uh, it, it is a nightmare. It is uh, really nice to see your face. I'll tell you that much. Yes, uncovered. You. you know what I mean. I'm I, like well, I, a whole yeah. mouth. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's like wow, the mouth of a friend. You know, I'm annoyed with. You know what I really hate is the uh, scary masks. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like, like the uh, full gas mask one. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like when somebody puts like a, a design on their mask, like clown teeth. Oh yeah, no thank like, you. What are you doing? No thank you. I'm just trying to get groceries. <laughs> I don't want to see a clown teeth. <laughs> yeah. We're all scared. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, if you're going to get a designed one, maybe like a Black Lives Matter mask is appropriate yes. for right now. We don't yeah. need scary clowns. I'm not even going to lie. I'll take an All Lives Matter over clown teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of them is a scarier person, All Lives Matter. Uh, but at least I don't have to like be like, is that a clown? <laughs> it's a real life clown, actually. All right. Now we'll, we'll move past that. Um, <laughs> what have you done with your uh, time off? You just said you just went to Joshua Tree? We just went to Joshua Tree. It was the best. Um yeah, it's one of those things that like, you go to the desert and you get away from everybody and you do realize like, oh, mm. hell is other people. Right. You know, out here it's nice and peaceful. Yeah. I, I went camping um, uh, two weeks ago up below Lake Mono. It's on the Eastern Sierras. I went hiking. I was out of service and I'd pop in service and like, you know, Instagram story, uh, uh, avalanche or like, you know, some beautiful sunset and and uh, but then get, you know, get off service. And then on our way back into town was um I'd been gone for four days and I come back into the George Floyd murder and all that. And then my friends were like, yeah, man, uh, in the middle of everyone, like, Hey, we need to fight, you know, uh, black lives matter. You were posting sunsets. I was like, ah, Oh no, oh, no! I looked so bad. I was just doing a, a piece on white privilege. <laughs> yeah. no, that's exactly. <laughs> My friend was like, you, you've never been whiter ever than that. I was like, Oh fuck. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, if you were following me at that time, I apologize. Uh, where do you stay when you go to Joshua Tree? Um, this time it was an Airbnb. Our, our, our friend Aaron Weaver and his girlfriend Ann. Got a pool? Um, Did it have a pool? It didn't, and I was so bummed. Devastating. I, it, I know, truly devastating. Yeah, really uh, devastating. And it was cloudy and a full moon, so we didn't even get to see many stars. Well, full moon's fun. Yeah, full but, moon's beautiful. Right. But with that in the clouds, it was like the, the sky was just kind of nope. whited out. And- Ideally in Joshua Tree, you have mushrooms, which I'm sure you had, and then you just look at all the stars, and yeah. it sounds like you didn't get to do that. Mm-mm. No, and we ate the mushrooms during the day, and it was like 105 degrees. <laughs> and with everything going on in the world, we came straight from a protest. And I, I just don't think I decompressed enough. Mm-hmm. So I took the mushrooms. They hit, and it was just fear. It was just like <laughs> two hours of like fear and 
And then they wore off. And that's the funny thing about mushrooms. That like halfway through, I was like, I'm never doing these again. And then when I was done, I was like, I'm really glad I did that. You know, yeah. I, I think I needed to be scared. I, <laughs> mushrooms, I for me, are the only drug that after I do them, I'm like, I should do that drug more. Mm-hmm. Every other drug, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I, like weed, I'm terrible at weed. I'm like, I don't ever want to be that scared. But like, I feel like I always come out of mushrooms slightly enlightened. Yes, 100%. Well, I, dude, I mean, to, to tie it with Springfield. You've seen where I grew up, man. It's oh, like, I've been there. It's, you've been to the Ozarks. Yeah. You know? Oh, which I got questions from Gabs for you, but go on. Um, well, I, I feel like mushrooms really helped uh, take the boy out of the Ozarks and the Ozarks out of the boy. Yeah. If you, if, like, yes, it started I, a path towards a more enlightened way of looking at the world, mm-hmm. you know, because like I, I come from like, you know, libertarian, small government, like it's very much that in our town. And yeah, it's like hard to shake that. You know what I mean? And uh, so yeah, I think I mean, mushrooms made me be like, oh, we're all love and we need to help each other. Yes. I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, grew up around only Republicans forever mm-hmm. uh, and then moved to, went to University of Iowa. That helped like desensitize me to, to like, you know, like uh, only vote Republican ever, you know. And then I was like, well, you know, let's listen to some other ideas. And then I got to California and I started smoking weed. I was like, dude, what? You guys just want to take, you guys want to keep all your money? That's selfish, man. <laughs> exactly. It yeah. takes like, yeah, hits weed once. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But, but you're luckier than them. So yeah. maybe give them a chance. Like, yeah, no. Capitalism assumes that we all start at the same starting line. <laughs> exactly. But we don't. Okay. So that, that's a great way to get into it. So you are from Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Gabs' first question is, because um, I wanted to, this is the other thing that sucks about Corona is uh, ideally, I was going to have you and Gabs talk for 10 minutes at the end of this because oh, you yeah. both grew up so hard in Springfield, like yeah. hardcore Springfield. She wants to know which lake did you go to? Table Rock. Okay. She said Ozark or Table Rock. <laughs> Table Rock. <laughs> okay. All, day. Yeah. all right. Well, uh, my, the Springfield listeners are very excited. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll get through Gabs's questions real quick. Um, what was your favorite Chinese spot? Uh, when I was a kid, it was China Star on okay. Republic Road. Mm-hmm. And then in, in college, it became Hong Kong Inn. Okay. See, uh, <laughs> she liked Canton Inn. Canton Inn is fantastic. It's right by Bass Pro, which is another you're welcome gift from Springfield, Missouri. I've been there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. So just to give, actually, you know what? Here, I will give my point of view of Springfield where I spent Please. only a week with uh, Gab's family, who's wonderful. Um, it is just every other store is a tiny standalone Chinese restaurant. Uh, every other one. Yeah. Uh, no building is over two stories. Nope. Except for the weather station. Yeah. And you guys brag a lot about how you have weird weather. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, it's the home of cashew chicken, which I thought was a lie. And it's not. It's so confusing, isn't it? Yeah. It's the whitest town you've ever been to. Mm-hmm. But somehow it has this history of Chinese food. It's very strange. Yeah. And it's great. It's great Chinese food. Well, it's Midwestern Chinese. Food, exactly. Which here's the story of, and then, and then we'll get to the Kenny. Here's the story of cashew chicken in Springfield, Missouri and how it was created there. Because I looked into it. Cause I was like, how is this fucking possible? A Chinese immigrant came to, uh, immigrated to Springfield, Missouri in the 1930s. Uh, and he's still alive. I forget what his name is, but, um, he made Chinese food. Leong. Oh yeah. There you go. See, you're a Springfield enthusiast. Uh, <laughs> so he, he made Chinese food. Uh, people in Missouri were like, fuck you. This is trash. So then he just deep fried it and poured gravy on. He's like, this is cashew chicken. And Missouri people are like, well, this is the best thing we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Meat and gravy, baby. Yeah. Fry that meat, put some gravy on it. That's all we need. Yeah, for sure. So that it is true. It's truly from there. And you got Brad Pitt. Yeah. And if you're in Springfield, go to Leong's. It's his restaurant. 
um, on Republic Road, and that's the original cashew chicken. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Go look at a defeated immigrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, my my dad went to uh, Southwest Missouri State. No kidding. And my mom. That's where my parents met. I forgot. No kidding. We got a lot of Springfield Whoa. connections here. Oh yeah, we do. John uh, Goodman went there. Kathleen John, Turner. Dude, when John Goodman hosted SNL, uh, my dad came and. Um, uh, he, he came to that episode or whatever, and then at the after party, which you've been to many of, uh, there's such a snooze, like the first one, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, my dad's like, well, I went to Southwest Missouri State or whatever, and I'd, I'd like kind of got to work. Well, I'd work with John Goodman all week. And then, so I just went over to him, and I was like, hey, I don't want to bug you, but my dad went to Southwest Missouri State. And then John Goodman was like, what? What year? And then they just talked for like two hours, and I was like, this is amazing. Whoa, really? Yeah, so John Goodman's as great as he seems. Yeah, and also I think he's been around so many famous people. It's it would be exciting to meet another guy who graduated from your school, right? This. And he knows that your dad's not going to just be like, "So what was it like on Roseanne?" Yeah, no, they were just <laughs> they were just like, "Hey, do you remember like Lee Hong's?" You know, they were literally just like that. They were like fucking nerding out, and I was like, "Okay, good. Now I don't have to entertain my dad." Yeah, that's John awesome, Goodman's man. doing it for him. Okay, uh, so we got my point of view of Springfield down. What's your point of view? Man, it's it's changed. It, I love it. Like I really do. I'm, I I when I go home, I still get filled with joy when I put, get into town. Uh-huh. Um, it's really friendly. It's really uh, community driven. You know, like I grew up feeling like I had multiple families almost. Like I like you're my second parents and you're my third parents. Really, just because of great friends? Yeah, just close friends. Okay. And it's like it's the whole community is kind of driven by that. Yeah. But. You know, as as I but it is still now, very close to Arkansas. It's, yeah, well, well, well said. Yeah. Grants it. You know, it's just very conservative, and it can be pretty close-minded. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have multiple stories of like, one time I was bringing um, two black comedians and a Jewish comedian, Mike Leibowitz, uh, Will Miles, Clark Jones. Yeah. We were doing a show in Springfield. I did a monthly from Chicago for the whole time I was there, basically. Oh, wow. That's a fucking hike. It's a hike. Yeah. It was once a month, eight hour drive. We would just smoke weed the whole time. Yeah. Like, treat it as a fun road trip. Sure. Um, but we stopped at an Arby's outside of Lebanon, Missouri, which is about 45 minutes outside. And there was KKK literature on the toilet. Ah, you know? And it's just like, well, I mean, my, that's where a Jewish friend comes out just like, Hey, we should probably go. You know and I'm like? Oh, literature, literature, not carved in. No, no, no. Like a, like pamphlet. a pamphlet, like a recruiting oh, pamphlet. Like I was like, well, that's yeah. where it belongs. Carved into a bathroom. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, oh my God. Yeah. And like in an Arby's, you know what I mean? Where yeah. like, certainly the employees saw it and were like, yep. Right. We've got to get our numbers up. Dude. See, and. <laughs> And my family is from Jefferson City, Missouri. And so I'd wow. gone to Missouri a lot, but only spent time with my direct family, my cousins who live on this farm. And they're all wonderful and like super, they're great people um, and, so, and intelligent. So I was like, Missouri is filled with like intelligent, smart people. And then it, like when I went to Springfield and like was away from uh, Gab's family, I was like, oh, Missouri kind of trash. Yeah. Dude, the, the show Ozark, people always ask me how accurate it is. And like, I haven't spent a ton of time at Lake of the Ozarks. I don't know for sure. But the idea of like new money coming into hillbilly territory is very true. Right. And a lot of the shows in Branson are kind of built around the idea of like the original hillbillies. Mm -hmm. Like that is still very much there. Right. And so, yeah, it's like a clash of cultures in a lot of ways. There's all these colleges. People come. Now people stay in Springfield because there's jobs. Yep. So you have all these like new, maybe more progressive minded people, but they're still coming into the territory of the original hillbillies that are yeah. still like, don't tread on me. You yes. know what I mean? So it's like there's there's both. 
yeah. kind of clashing. Um, as opposed to my old hometown of Manchester, Iowa, where um, only people move and it's getting crazier. Really? <laughs> yeah, because it's just way smaller. It's oh. it was it was like four thousand people. And I think now it's like three thousand. It's just like you mean people move out. People, people move out, yeah. so the ideas just get more hardened. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. My parents moved out. Um, okay, but now we know we've got a background of Kenny. Um, what was your first job in Springfield? Uh, my first job in Springfield, I mowed lawns. That oh, wait. My first also, job. Gab's worked at McSalty's. Did you ever go to McSalty's? Dude, it's the best. Okay. McSalty's Pizza, hell yeah. Okay, yeah, it's... she worked at the one on Sunshine, she said. Right, right by an Andy's Frozen Custard. Okay, see, yeah, no, we got, this is why we need to have her over here. Goddamn coronavirus ruining everything. She could be a, <laughs> she could be a fucking uh, Andy Richter in she the could, back being like, yeah. She'd be doing backflips right uh, now. Okay, and also, which high school did you go to? I went to Kickapoo. Okay, so she's we're rival. She's Glendale. She right? went to Glendale. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, okay, so we got it all out of the way. You're Kenny DeForest. You're hanging out. You're mowing lawns. I'm guessing at twelve thirteen. Uh, yeah, probably. I probably start no, because I, I had to drive the stuff. So I was sixteen. Okay, so like legit, not just like neighbors. You're doing almost landscaping. Yeah. Well, actually, I probably started at fifteen before I could drive and did just the neighborhood. Uh-huh. And then when I turned sixteen, I had like because my dad his his store is like a farm and home supply. Okay. So I could get like a trailer. I could borrow a trailer. I could borrow a riding lawnmower. What's your What's your dad's business? It's called Race Brothers Farm Supply. Race Brothers Farm Supply. Yeah. So my my grandfather mm-hmm. bought it in the seventies. Okay. Incredible. And my dad and uncle run it now. Yeah. And my cousin works. Shout there. out. Shout, Shout out. out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I was able to like I had access to like equipment. Yeah. And so I just you know, I wanted money and so I you know flyered a bunch of neighborhoods, picked up a bunch of work and. Yeah, man, I would. Plus, I'd, you're getting that probably like fifteen to twenty lawns. Nothing more fun than coming back to to high school with that fucking rock hard tan. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I worked outside all summer. I don't know what you pansies were doing. Probably working at McSalty's. <laughs> yeah, probably making pizzas with your doughy selves. Not me. I'm out there. I'm pushing the lawns. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was I was terrible though. I was not reliable. <laughs> I was not reliable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You, so what do you mean not reliable? Just some days you're like, I don't really feel like it. Dude. Yeah, I was just always like, people want you to start mowing in the morning, and I'm not a morning person. So I'd, <laughs> I'd roll up at like 3 in the afternoon, and they're like, dude, it's going to be dark. you know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, whatever, dude. Like, Yeah, well, your lawn's going to get mowed. Yeah, and they'd be like, can you bag all the gr- clippings? And I'd be like, man, I really don't think it's necessary. And they're like, well, <laughs> we're paying you. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I, in my experience, it doesn't matter. That's exactly. It's like if you were a grocery checkout person and somebody's like, can I get a bag? And you're like, I feel like you can grab all that. Yeah, just carry that, dude. You have pockets. What's yeah, wrong with you? What you? You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like you got this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, incredible. So it doesn't sound like that is a booming business for you. No, not a booming business for me. No, okay. it was it was just folding money, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, what do you do after that? So I did that through high school. Oh, all through high school? Uh, yeah. So that you were at least you're, you're like an entrepreneur, like a little. You're hustling. Yeah, I was hustling a little bit. So you didn't ever have to like go work in like a Chinese restaurant or anything? No, not until college. I worked at Ruby Tuesday in college. Oh shit! We'll get to this Ruby Tuesdays. All right. So you just mow lawns all through high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, any interesting anything go wrong? Uh, yeah. One time. Um, well, my grandfather. Uh, fired me without telling me that hurt really bad. <laughs> what? Yeah. I showed up to Moe's lawn and uh, it was like, clearly it just been done. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? What's this? And he goes, he goes, yeah, it was just, it was too infrequent. And um, it was just kind of too little too late. And I was oh like, Oh God. man. 
man, that hurts. Yeah, that's really um, fun. Yeah, but I mean, and to his defense, I was bad at yeah, it. Yeah, no, of course you're awful. I mean, I've been yeah. fired from a lot of jobs, and it, and I deserved it, but it hurts. It hurts. It still yeah. hurts. Yeah. You're like, you're like, oh, man, I thought we were friends. Yeah. yeah, this is a business. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that one hurt. And then one time, this guy, and it's funny, I ran into an old friend of mine who reminded me of this because he was there. Um, Because sometimes I'd like pay a friend of weed eat. Yeah, while I mowed just to get it done faster. Oh God, the worst weed eating around trees. Just always rocking your shins with something. One hundred percent, and just getting grass fully in your eyes. Yeah, just <laughs> hives all over your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this guy, I, I was mowing his lawn, and he goes, uh, "Hey, can you drop it down another notch?" And I was like, "Man, I, I don't think you, I don't think it's a good idea." Right. He's like, "I just I don't want you to have to come as much as you do, and I just feel like if you cut it shorter, we don't have to do this as much." And I was like, "It's okay." So I dropped it down and I started and I was like this. And he's like, yeah. And then you roll over I rock? did it and I just scalped his yard, man. I mean, it was like he had it on the lowest setting <laughs> and it looked it like, was like a fucking like a, gr- a golf green fully, but not. But like it was also <laughs> summer. So it was brown. It was just like brown. Oh. Like you could see dirt patches. Yeah. And I think I think maybe halfway through I must have nicked a rock and it nicked the blade. Yeah. So then the blade was a little bent. So mm-hmm. like. This side would be a half inch. This side would be a quarter inch. And yeah. It just was awful. The guy was like, he was threatening to like make me reseed his lawn. And I was like, dude, you made me do this. Like, yeah. I told you not to do this. Yeah. And he, he like, I think he called my house like once a day for probably two weeks. Demanding, what? Demanding things. What are your parents saying? Like, They're like, what did you do to Mr. <laughs> Nichols yard? And then we went, looked at it. And my mom was like, that is bad. I was like, I know. <laughs> I told him not to. Oh my god! You did a drive by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like, go, mom, go, go. He's gonna <laughs> yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah, he's he's coming. Mommy sees me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that's incredible. So, um, you do that all through high school. Then, then, um, what? Where do you go to school? I went to a Drury University in Springfield. I was actually gonna go to KU with my best friend and just get out of Springfield. And then, um, the Glendale uh, High School head basketball coach got the job at Drury and I'd always wanted to play college basketball. That was my dream. Right. And all of my, and you can't play at KU. I cannot play at KU. Right. No, exactly. I I mean, I'm not, could have been practice squad. I'm not saying that in a negative way, but like, I'm just saying like, they're one of the best in the world. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I, I was good enough that I maybe could have been a practice squad guy at KU, but I, it's like, I would not have been a walk on that worked my way in the rotation ever. Right. Um, so, but all my offers were like, like Grinnell in Iowa wanted yep. me to come. Um, so like a Division Three. Division Three. Yep. DePaul was another Iowa school, yeah. I think. Wait, DePaul I, or D A D E P A W? I don't know. Yeah, it was like truly a cornfield with a school in Sounds it. Sounds like Western Iowa. Yeah, and it was all like all of them could not offer scholarships, and I was like at a point in my life where I was like, man, I also want to have fun in college. Like, yeah, I don't want to just go live in a trailer in a cornfield. So I was all set to go to KU and then the Glendale coach got the jury job and recruited me. And so I ended up going there and to play ball and uh, played for two years. So I did not work during that. Right. Yeah. Cause it's impossible. And also uh, your life's hell. Yeah. Like my, I have a, I had a bunch of friends that went to start wrestling division three one year in they're like wrestling. Oh God. But, but I'm just saying in general division three sports, like when you're like, those guys get to have fun all day. And I have to go to practice. Like, fuck this. Yeah, especially when you're at a level where you're clearly not going pro. No, exactly. That's it, what I mean. They're like, like what? There's, this, there's no, I'm not going to go anywhere after this. Yes. So why? I'm just going to stop now. Yeah, that makes it really hard to stay going. So yeah, that's, that's what happened to me. I was there two years. My knees were completely fucked. 
And I was just like, what am I doing? Yeah. And I got a surgery and then played my sophomore year and then my knees were fucked again. And I was like, I'm done. Yes. I'm not, this is it. This is the end of the road. At best, I have two seasons left mm-hmm. of like being a rotation player. Yeah. I want to get loaded and have a good time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to hang out with my friends all day. Yeah, exactly. I want to be one of these guys that's like drinking beers at 10 in the morning. That looks fun. Look yeah. At those guys. I'm, I did that my, my entire senior year of college because I went and worked in the in the real world for a second. Like, oh, nice. I, Before college? It's no, so no. smart. No, I went. I had an internship of of engineering okay. for a summer in between my junior and senior year. And I saw how hard it is and how you don't get to drink all day. And when I got back to college for the start of our senior year, I like sat my roommates down. I was like, guys. We are drinking every moment for the next nine months because yeah. after this, the fun is over. Yeah. Isn't that uh, scary? I, I still remember. I had like a full existential breakdown internship as well. Yeah. I worked at a, um, inve- or uh, interned at an investment firm, like wealth management. Like, What were you going to school for? Uh, my degree is in finance and economics. Yeah. And so I was like, I guess I'm going to be like a wealth manager guy. I don't know. Uh, I liked econ. Econ's like... But econ's like the philosophy of business. It's like useless degree. Okay. Basically, like you can, there is no job where what you're, is econ- I'm an economist. Well, uh, what, so that's what econ, econ means, economist? Yeah, economics. Okay. Yeah. But it, it, you're kind of studying the business as like a philosophy. It's almost like social studies, human behavior through business. It's all about like humans are self-interested and here's how we graph supply and demand and all that stuff. That's, it all comes out, of, supply and demand comes out of economics. Right. But like, no one's looking for an economist. Right. So my advisor was like, if you do summer school, you can get a finance degree as well. And then you'll be very hireable. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Cause that's all you care about in college is like being hireable. Yeah. I need to make money. Yeah. I need to make money. I think. Okay. So I interned at Edward Jones. Uh, and I love the guy. I lived above I, Edward Jones. Did you really? Yeah. Did they actually start in Iowa? I know they're a Midwest company. They're all over Iowa, but I lived above uh, Gumby's Pizza. I don't know if you guys had that in Springfield. Yeah, I've, I think I've been. I think there's one in Columbia. It's a college town pizza because it's like they're gonna eat it. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Yeah, it was Edward Jones in a Gumby's Pizza that I lived above in a Jimmy John's. It was incredible. Oh wow. Yeah. That's I re- great. still love Jimmy John's. Ooh, I hate Gumby's. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you're interning there. Yeah. And I just had a breakdown of like how serious life is after. College. Yes. I was like, no, 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 I'm no, not no, ready. no. I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. And I love the guy I interned with. I still invest with him. Like he's the guy that I handles my investments or whatever. That's, that's, that's great. Like you got a degree and learned about money. That's fantastic. My degree is uh, just how to study hearts so I have no idea how money works. Not one money. Oh class. yeah, your science, right? Yeah. So I don't. I have literally. I'm like, I wouldn't even know how to try to do a stock thing. Like yeah. I have no idea. I've never. No one ever sat me down. It was just like science, 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 science. And I was like, I can. I, can I learn a little about? I didn't even want to learn about money actually. So that's. I, I, I my um, extra classes were all history. It's also like that stuff should be high school. Like we should be learning finances the way we learn history. Like that should be. Four years of high school, you're incrementally learning how it all works. Yes. Because I, it's financial literacy is so important, man. Right. Yeah. I just have all my money in the bank and I don't have it anywhere else. It's yeah. just like it sits there I, and I'm sure there's a way I could get it. Who cares? Unimportant. Yeah. What are you doing in college for money? Uh, so after after I quit playing ball, I started working at Ruby Tuesday. Okay. As a server. Uh, and now 
this is a Springfield Ruby Tuesday. This isn't a glamorous Ruby Tuesday. No, no, no. Yeah, this is. And I was like highway truck stop Ruby Tuesday. Okay. And let me quick, quick question. Because I remember when Ruby Tuesday came to Dubuque, where I ended up living. It was a big fucking deal. Was this a new Ruby Tuesday? Or are we talking about an old used Ruby Tuesday? This is an old used one. The first Ruby Tuesday that I remember in Springfield was in a mall. It was in the Battlefield Mall. Yep. Which if you went to the mall in Springfield, that's where you went. Um, and then they expanded from there. So this was like the far north side. It was at uh, Glenstone and I-44. Okay. And it, it is largely like truckers just hopping off the highway. Springfield's very much a trucker town. Like yep. Joplin's actually the trucker hub. Like a lot of the companies are based there. Mm -hmm. A couple are also based in Springfield. But I-44, 60, and 65 all meet in Springfield. Okay. So that's kind of part of the lifeblood of that town. Yep. And so we were off of one of the major exits. So people come in and eat and get back on the road. Get those all-you-can-drink strawberry lemonades, right? 100%. And I get that salad that. bar for only six ninety nine. Really? Add it on to your meal. Dude, do you remember this place, CeCe's Pizza? Oh, 100%. Three ninety nine all-you-can-eat buffet. College. Three ninety nine. My buddies and I joke about this. We would go eat like that's where we would go off campus because none of us had money, so we'd go get CCs. But we were like, yeah, no wonder we could barely make it through a practice. Yeah, like we, we weren't eating healthy. We were just oh. eating CCs pizza and then going for a three-hour college basketball practice. Yeah, if you know, if you don't know what CCs pizza is, it's trash. But it's also just like uh, we're gonna throw a little flair on it. This is a macaroni pizza. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just I like craft mac and cheese on yeah. a pizza. It's terrible. I, I, I think it shuts out. I was, I remember even like as a kid being like, how are they staying in business? Yeah, and they didn't even have an arcade. Like at least when you're a kid, the cheap buffets had like a banging arcade yeah. for the kids. I'm talking about a Pizza Ranch arcade. P pizza Ranch was like uh, upscale CC's. Yes. I mean, they had that great arcade in We the had corner. Mr. Gaddy's. Ooh, nice. Gabby will know that. She'll be like, I guarantee Gabby went to a birthday party at Mr. Gaddy's. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll ask her about <laughs> it. Uh, all right, so wait, what What was that? T tell us about Mr. Gaddy's. Mr. Gaddy's, it, it sounds Gettys. like Pizza Ranch. It was oh. like the CC's level pizza buffet, but then the arcade was like, everything it was it was mm -hmm. it was almost like a mom and pop dave and buster's just a little smaller the arcade oh, wasn't that expansive there the the like go to like it's your 10th birthday you get to do what you want uh i think i even got to go there once but it was like it wasn't an every year thing it was it was called the playstation it was in cedar rapids which is an hour away okay. and it was like um in my head as a 10 year old, 1000 McDonald's play places put together. Oh yes. So it was just like a three story gym. And there was like a, a slide called the black slide. And like, there was rumors that they put like butter on it. That's why you go so fast. Yes. And it's like, I don't even think I touched it. I mean, yeah, it was we so had the fun. discovery zone. That was ours. Yeah. Ooh, like nice. giant. Right. We were like, like the tunnels connect all the jungle gyms and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember my brother just like tore his finger off his body, got caught in a net falling. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, but what happens at Ruby Tuesdays? How's that go? Oh, man, the whole kitchen staff was on meth. Uh, so that was rough. Like, the guy training me had, like, four teeth. Uh -huh. And um, I just I just hated it, man. I tried so hard to, like, I'm one of those people, I'm sure, comics is probably pretty common thread in com com comedians. I am very capable of very hard work, but I have to care about what I'm doing. Oh yeah. No, if you, if I, yes, 100%, I will work very hard if I like it or mostly if I respect my boss, I yes. will work for my boss. That is so important. But if I don't like my boss, you get nothing. Yes. Yeah. That dude, that's me to a T. And so, and I, I actually liked the guy that ran the place and I liked my managers. I just hated the job so much because it's just the worst customers, man. 
it's a chain restaurant where everyone's cutting pennies. Mm. You know, how many times can you serve someone that just like, I'll just have a salad bar and a water and then they don't tip you because they're like, I served myself at the salad bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? At some point, <laughs> just like, I'm going to blow this place up. I, <laughs> I, I fucking hate this. Yeah, that's incredible. I served myself. Yeah, I know, man, but I'm making f- $4 an hour. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, you, you don't believe in a increase in the minimum wage, do you? Yeah. So, um, Okay, so you work there. You want to blow it up. How long does that go down? I worked there for two two years, and then uh, and I actually switched Ruby Tuesday. I, I started at the Southside One, that is now a Korean barbecue place. Mm-hmm. I was really celebrated the demise of that place. Oh, it's so fun when a place that you hate it shuts down. You're like, yeah, right. Which is which we're gonna we're gonna dovetail into a nice one of those. Here okay, in a good, good. So then I did that for two years, and then my buddy's dad, uh, my d- buddy's uncle runs a hospital, like a it's called the Doctors Hospital. And once a week for a hundred bucks, I would deliver blood samples from one to the other. Huh? And I literally wait. Is this after Ruby Tuesdays? After Ruby, after Ruby Tuesday. What? Okay. Can we can we get to the how you left Ruby Tuesdays? You're just like I can't work here anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think I got fired. I, I, I. It was like a fire. That's fine. Yeah. It was like you don't want to be here, and I was like, you're right. Yeah. And they're like, so just go. I was like, okay. Yeah. Perfect. And then I was talking to my buddy. I was like, I need something. He's like, I mean, yeah. I think it was a hundred dollars a week. Every Wednesday, I would go grab these blood samples and run them from one hospital to the other. And it was great because in college, you don't need a ton more than that. No, you like, don't. I got 50 bucks a week for hosting an open for hosting a uh, show. Oh, cool. You started it. You started that early. Oh, yeah. So I was 19. And uh, yeah, I started freshman year of college. And that's like how I made money in college because it's like then I worked at the comedy club. Um, that's amazing. It was great. But yeah, 50 bucks a week and free beer at the place where it happened all of the time. That's all I ever needed. Yeah, yeah. My rent was... Two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, no, it's the best, dude. You can live off so so little money. I think my rent was three hundred dollars, so it's a big deal. Actually. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you you get a hundred bucks for one day of work. One day of work, and it'd take an hour. I would literally go grab a cooler, like a almost a lunchbox, uh-huh. sling it over my shoulder, grab a couple other things, whatever they needed me to take, load up a car. It was their car, so it wasn't yeah. even mileage on my car. They paid for gas, everything, and I would drive to Nixa, which is um, just south of Springfield. Okay. And I would drop it off, drive the car back. So round trips, probably hour and a half total, hundred bucks, boom. And you're in no hurry in that hour and a half. No, you're you're stopping. You're t- oh man, I love it. Like anytime I worked at a lab, and anytime they're like we're out of paper towels, and I'd be like, well, I'll go to Target, and then I'd fucking ease around Target making vines. It was incredible. Taking time, man, it's the best. Uh, yeah. So so you're a blood delivery man now. Yeah. That lasted for about six to eight months. And then the, somehow that someone like they just folded my job into somebody else's job. Yeah. It sounded like, like an easily foldable job. We're paying job. you a hundred dollars to do not. This is yeah. stupid. Yeah. This guy's going to do it. Yeah. Thank you for your service. As part of his job. Yes. And he's hourly. So for him, we're paying him $11. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. This, yeah. He's already rich enough. Yeah. Um, so then that, and then here we go. You want to talk about a place yeah. celebrating demise? Yes. Then I started working at circuit city, baby. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, a guy that I uh, I joined a fraternity after I quit basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, a guy that I was in my fraternity worked there. And I was like, "What about that?" He's like, "Yeah, he was doing an interview." I knew nothing about electronics. No, but you, yeah. but in your head, you're like, "I'm gonna get a big TV." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I did. 
You did? Oh, I did. <laughs> Good. Oh, I did. All right. They would have contests, you know, and like if you sold the most of this one. Yeah. And, you know, I'm charming. I turn on the charm. That's yeah. one thing I got. Hey, what's up? one thing I got going for me. I love it here at CC. Yeah, it's the best. Look at these. Oh, look at the picture quality on this. This is the best one we got. It's honestly, the best deal I've seen since I started working here. <laughs> so if you want to get it, I'd act now, you know. Yeah. That thing. I think uh, we only have zero in the back. <laughs> yeah, let me go check. And I just like, dude, I just glance like a yeah. pirate looking over yeah. the edge of a boat. Yeah, no, that's it. Yep. So, um, I worked there for the last year and, um, it was, it was cool for a minute, but it was so stressful because I knew nothing. People would just, they knew I knew nothing. They'd ask me about a thing and I would just grab the box and read the back to them. And oh. they're like, what, what is, what are you for? Exactly. I I'm, get it. I don't know, man. Yeah. What am I for? I don't fucking know. Yeah. I remember, um, yeah, I just, when I, when I sold like shoes, people were like, what shoe is great? And I'm like, which one looks cool to you? Yeah. <laughs> that one's great. Yeah, they're all great. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, what are you talking about? Yeah. Which ones are good? I don't know. You, you decide. Yeah. And then I remember when I got really lazy there, they're like, do you have these in a seven? And I just go stand in the back for what I thought was the amount of time that it would take me to look and then walk back out and go, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dude. I looked everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I looked on my phone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah. dude. I remember one thing that always made me laugh at circuit city is the number of people that would like look at the biggest TV we have. It'd be like a $4,000 TV. And they'd be like, you think you can mount this on a trailer? I'm like, I guess we can. Should we? <laughs> oh, should we? Is right. Yeah. I have a joke about um, uh, people who drink wine coolers are the type of people who bring TVs outside on nice days. Oh, wow. Because I had this neighbor and every nice day he'd just bring his TV outside in the front yard and just fucking get blasted watching NASCAR. And I was like, I don't know if I hate that or I'm jealous of it. Yeah. It turns out I was jealous. Yeah, it turns out that's exactly what we all want to be doing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Just the front yard, too. Not even the backyard. Front yard. Front yard. Visible. Front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the guy that just gets loaded in the garage and just looks out at the street, just waiting yeah, for Yeah, garage door open. Yeah. Very much so. That's Midwest, baby. Uh, okay, so you're working at Circuit City, lying to people. How do you get this TV? It turns like you sell some stuff. Yeah, no, I was... I, so there was like a Panasonic flat screen contest. And luckily Panasonic's really are good. So yeah. it's easy. And I, I just would, anyone that asked, I'd be like, this is the one dude, Panasonic, like this model, it's the best deal we have in the store. And I just doubled down on it. Yeah. Was, we sold so many and uh, I wound up getting a free one. That's great. Actually, I, it's a story I tell on stage now. Cause, um, I kind of, you know, comedy, sometimes you conflate two stories to make it better. Oh, I do nothing but lie on stage. Yeah. It's, come on. It's just, a, <laughs> yeah. it's just a circus of lies. Yeah. But this is a true story. It was black Friday one year. And, um, I, they put me on the register and I it, like, it's part of the joke, but I'm like, you would think a technology store would have new registers, but it was the oldest like MS DOS. Oh, you wow. had to know the commands. So like, you couldn't just click like sell. You would type C colon slash slash sell slash dollar. Like you had to know all the codes. What? And I had never worked the register. Yeah. And so, and for black Friday, they put me on the register and it, like, and I say this on stage, I'm like, I'm the kind of person that like, I'm too much of a coward to quit a job or tell you what right. to do. So what I'll do is I'll just get blackout drunk and then show up and dare you to make me still do it. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Like oh, wow. I showed up fully blacked. Like I drank a fifth of whiskey the night before. <laughs> oh no. And I had to be there at 6am. Yeah. So I woke up, I'm like, I'm like, Uh-oh. and the joke I said, Mortal Kombat drunk, where I'm just yeah, like, finish him. Like yeah, I yeah, went yeah. in just like someone just uppercut me in the chin and end it for me. Yes. Yes. So tear my spine out, please. I, I'm ready to die. So I went in immediately. The owner's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like you are, I've, what, what is your problem? And yeah. 
I went out to the parking lot. I passed out of my car. It was like six in the morning. I was like, I'm just gonna sleep a couple hours. I'll go back in. I'll make this all good. Uh-huh. I woke up at like three in the afternoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got a full night of sleep yes. in the parking lot. Woke up. I had peed my pants. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, well, this is a speed bump in the in the, in, in the redemption process. Yes, yes, yes. So I go home, shower, change. Yeah. Call. Somehow they let me come back. Also, what was really funny is the guy goes, you're lucky we just fired Jeremy. And I go, what What did he do? Like, how is he fired? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, he, did you fuck like, your wife? Yeah. Like, he what? came in drunk with a knife. <laughs> yeah, he had a needle in his arm when yeah. he came in. Oh. So I actually went back in and like, when I'm, when I'm, I'm that type of person, man, when I dig myself in a hole, yeah. that's when I, the best comes out, Yeah. which sucks that I'm that way. But I sold like... I wound up selling like the second most TVs in the state of Missouri on Black Friday. Whoa. And I After you peed like 5 And you peed yourself. I peed too. myself. Yeah. yeah. And then I ended up winning a TV off of that. Amazing. And you win all sorts of TVs. Yeah. But, and I gave them both to my parents. My parents built a new house um, at the end of college. And so I was like, I have two TVs for you. You don't have uh, to worry about the TV. Oh, this is great. You, you know how I've been fucking up my whole life and you guys have been really helpful? Uh, now we're even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This ought to make up for the DUI that you paid for. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so also, um, oh, this is just a side note. You're lucky it was November when you fell asleep in your car. My f- best friend who works at Target, middle of the summer, he's hung over. He goes to take a quick 30-minute lunch break nap, wakes up like... <laughs> Like he'd baked himself oh, and the, he'd slept in the car just sweating for like heat. four hours. And he was just like, he's like, oh my God. And then he like walked back into Target and they're like, get out of here. You're scaring everybody. Is Target, is uh, Iowa real humid like Missouri is? Yeah, it's it's in, it's a nightmare. It's yeah. Like, it's like hot, like um, ice, like hot, cold in the winters and then Tatooine hot in the summers. It's, it's, uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Because um, like, I would go to Missouri for like uh, Christmas and we would get like a sled and I'm like, well, there's no snow. Yeah. Uh, and then we go back to Iowa and it's a hundred feet of snow. Oh my so God. It's a nightmare. Okay. So, but you work at circuit city. How long? Like when do you start getting into comedy? So I, my first set of stand up was probably my junior year of college. So okay. I started young too. Um, I did it at a music open mic. So there's no club. The, the only club, a club opened while I was in college and it was a comedy zone room. Uh huh which they're still around comedy zone somehow. And they, it was so funny. This is so Springfield. It was a like cowboy themed dance club. And this place was so fucking big, dude. There was probably not exaggerating 30 pool tables. That's how big this place was. Yeah. An electric bull, mechanical bull, and then a giant dance floor. And the comedy club was just part of the dance floor. Cavernous place. Awful for comedy. The worst possible location. Yes. No. So, I would do, there was an open mic on Wednesdays. It was crowd voted. Oh, one no. Got to host that weekend. Gee, and there was honestly four of us doing stand up. Yeah. So like me and my buddy would just alternate every other week winning. And then we'd host that weekend. What, what got you into wanting to start comedy? Man, it's so weird. I, it goes, it goes back to when I was a kid, really. I just always was obsessed with being funny. I think my, my mom's dad, my grandpa, my grandpa, Joe, is the one, one that fired the one that fired you lived. what's up the one that fired you no different oh, uh, yeah yeah because that's a funny move to that fire is a funny move that is a very funny move yeah. he was funny too he was okay. but he was more like witty yeah my grandpa joe like i remember my grandma and grandpa had a wedding anniversary and all these people from their lives came up and just to say hi and pay their respects and right. like we love you guys yeah 
And everybody's story about my grandpa was about a time that he made them piss their pants laughing. Right. So like, you know, like he was funny to the point where that was his notable trait. Correct. Um, and so I think I was looking at And you're like, and he had an eye patch. <laughs> Nobody ever talked about <laughs> no, the eye no patch. No one talked about that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so I think I was just obsessed with like in high school, I hosted our assemblies. Like, I was yeah, yeah, you were like, guy. you're volu- you're volunteering for anybody who gets to be the center of attention. 100%. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that adds up, and, th- and we're the same age. So you're growing up in the like era of Comedy Central's playing Comedy Central presents constantly. Yes, I watched all of it, all of it on repeat. Loved them. Yeah, and I, 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 it's so cool how they still do that. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool how all my friends that have specials uh, <laughs> say how easy it is to watch them. Yeah, no, they just sh- you do a half hour and they shoot it to the moon, <laughs> and then if you're on the moon, you can watch it. <laughs> yeah, you're on the golden record that yeah they shoot into space. Yeah, yeah, we we didn't make a copy. <laughs> Okay, so but so you'd start doing that. You dig it. Yeah, you're. I'm sure, you know, um, Midwest small town. All you all you really are is not super abrasive or racist. So they're like, that guy's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, I had some jokes that were like mocking racism, and I remember like a couple of the show's audience being like, "He's making racism sound like it's a bad thing." <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Easily. Um, yeah. So, I, but I, I, my first one was a music open. This is before the club open. It was like five musicians and me. I had three friends come. I like nervously read my jokes off of a note card. Yeah. I yep. got one laugh, and that was it. Yeah. I was fucking hooked. You know, I, I just remember. Yeah, I got same thing. Did it once. I was like, and then literally that walked over to the manager of the club. I was like, can I work here? And she's like, we don't have any jobs. I was like, I- I'll do whatever. And she's like, uh, okay. So I just took out the trash stuff like that. But you made me think of like the racism thing. I uh, bombed. There was a. It was like. I was new and I went and I did this really shitty town. I can't even think where it was called in between Davenport and Iowa city. I I don't even know what the fuck the name of this town is. Uh, it's like smoking's not allowed, but not this bar is like, try to have them enforce it. I go up, I fucking eat it so bad. Um, and the guy's like, you should, you know what you you gotta, yeah, we're not, you know, we're not very PC here. You can open with some inward jokes and that'll really get everybody. And I'm just like, Oh, can I get my money, man? And then I also had a hotel in that town. I was like, I'm not staying in this town. I go back to Iowa City. I was like, that town should be burned to fucking the ground. The next day, I get a call from the guy who booked me. He's like, "You, owe, we want our money back. You trashed the hotel room. I was like, ha-ha, motherfucker. I didn't even stay in that hotel room. These are all bad people. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Those, it, yeah, those stories, like, that's the funny thing people don't realize about comedy is your act is your act. Yeah. And you get booked where you get booked. And you go to these towns and these people are like, say the N-word. Like, that same trip where we found the KKK literature, actually. We're, I just remembered this. Stopped to get gas. Will and Clark, two black guys, inside getting, like, a juice. Me and my friend are sitting there smoking a cigarette. And this guy walks up and goes, here, I got one. I think he asked us, like, what we did. And my friend's like, we're comedians. Oh, goes, oh I got no. one for you. No, no, And it no, was no. that classic, like, yeah. what do you say when you see your TV floating through the room or whatever? Oh, Drop it in. No. We're <laughs> Yeah, we're just okay. sitting there like, and then Will and Clark walk out like, "You guys ready?" We're like, "Yep, yeah, coming right over there. Don't come over here." Just Please stay, stay away from this man. Please stay away from this man. Here, here's the keys. Please get inside and lock the door. I think you guys found his literature earlier. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Okay, nightmare. But you, you do comedy. You're hooked now. You love it, and you're making it happen in Springfield, which I'm sure like wasn't it wasn't really happening. Yeah, it was not. I remember. In fact, I just got weirdly one of the gigs I booked through Zoom through quarantine was a guy I went to college with. 
who now uh, runs a boys and girls club and they was their big fundraiser event. He's like, can right. I just pay you to do like a five minute video? So I was like, for sure. Yes. And he's like, I remember watching you at the fraternity houses in college. And he started quoting my old jokes to me. I was like, please stop. Oh, please stop what you're doing. Yeah. They're all so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. I, I, I sold a show about um, comedy, uh, stand-up comedy in um, Iowa. And uh, it's, it's great because like we don't have to write any bad jokes because we're just using my first two years of material. This is fucking terrible. Yeah, me too, man. And it's very, it's like, I'm like, no, we're not making fun of comedy. I did this material. I thought thinking, this was good. Yeah. I remember writing a joke and thinking, well, that's it. Yeah. That's just never going to get funnier than that. Yeah. All right. Continue though. Sorry. Uh, so you were going to Circuit City. And what leads you to going to Chicago? Um, so after college, my aunt, she backpacked Europe after college and it like changed her life. Yeah, and like she, it would. You get to get away from Springfield for a, a month or a, a few, you know? Exactly. So, and she she's a captain in the Navy. She was staple, uh, stationed in Naples, Italy, and she didn't have children of her own. So myself and my cousin Joey are, have always been like her second kids. Like sure. She's my mom's sister. They're very yeah. close. So she flew. Joey and I graduated at the same time. Yeah. So she flew us to Naples and gave us two month rail passes. Oh like, my God. This is right when the European Union formed too. Yeah. So like, you know, your, your rail pass was just all those countries and it yeah. was just unlimited train rides. And man, at the time, hostels were like 15 bucks a night. Yeah. Like it was nothing. And so I backpacked Europe and I used the trip to, and honestly, my first, one of my first big mushroom experiences was in Amsterdam. Mm. And it was like, it just it just erased any idea that I might work in the finance world. I had had a interview with this company, Mass Mutual, right before I left to be a wealth manager. The guy I interviewed with is like showing me a picture of his house and his hot wife is so gross. Uh, just like pretty much like this could be you. Look how hot my wife is. No, he, but, was, he didn't say it, but it right, was like, right, yeah, why yeah. did you turn this photo to show me your wife? You know yeah. what I mean? Me um, and me and Linda yeah. live at this house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We fuck all over this house. Yeah, so. We do mushrooms in, in Amsterdam, and, and uh, I met a cousin I'd never met before. She and I go, "What do you do?" She goes, "I'm a comedian," and I was like, "Jesus Christ!" So it was like just little signs. Oh all yeah. And then so after I had tripped and decided, I think I want to be a comedian. I think I should just go for it. Uh, the next stop was uh, Prague, Czech Republic. I asked where an ATM was. I hear a southern accent go, "There's one down the hill over there," and I go, "Where are you from?" And he goes, "Arkansas." And he's now one of my best friends, Ross. Like we're still, I still am in this guy's life. Right? Wow. We're still good buddies. It's incredible. And so we meet this guy. It's fun to meet a world traveling, like Southern person, because we have this idea that they sure. are xenophobic, which is not always true. No. And his, and his father's like, you know, works in oil in the South. So you yeah. would definitely think you would have a set of uh, assumptions not, about him. You do not think you're going to meet this guy in Prague. No, you don't. Okay. And, and, um, in fact, I talked to him yesterday. He's still one of my really close friends. But he, uh, we're talking, and I go, "What are you? What are you going to do after?" He just graduated from University of Arkansas, and he goes, "I think I'm going to move to Chicago and pursue comedy." I was like, "I'm okay." Oh my gosh, this is it. I'm yeah. in. And so yeah, so I was going to move to L.A. originally. One of my good buddies, uh, actually, the guy who owned the hospital, uh -huh. his son was in film school out out here. Okay. And then my good friend, his cousin just was like, I just want to be in LA. Uh -huh. I'm 19. Yep. He just didn't know what he wanted to do with his life at the time. He's like, I'll do something. Maybe I'll act, whatever. I'll act in his films. So he came out. They actually lived at Hollywood and Vine, which that building that's called Hollywood and Vine. Yeah. So um, I'd come out to visit them. 
loved it. I was like, I'm moving to LA. I'll just stay with them. He'll be in film school. I'll do comedy. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I got home. My buddy called. He's like, Hey, it's not going to work. We're coming back to Springfield. Yes. And then I hit up Ross. Facebook was new. I found him on Facebook and I was like, Hey man, uh, my LA plans fell through. Any chance I can stay with you in Chicago? He goes, absolutely. And then yeah. that was it. So then you moved to Chicago. What do you, what do you do? You, I mean, when did you move to Chicago? I moved there in March of 2009. Okay. So we just missed, uh, cause I moved out here. I moved to LA in, uh, uh, April, 2009. Oh, we I, just missed. Yeah. But I was in, I was like just driving to Chicago a lot from Iowa city. So, uh, you move there, you meet the greatest group of idiots in the world. Yes. And also Chicago 2009, we've talked about it before, um, was the most stage time that had ever been ever because before, right before you got there was all of who we know now are the best young comedians working like Kumail, Kyle Kinane, Bronger, uh, literally Jared Logan, Jared Logan, Lil Rel, Lil Rel, Hannibal, yes. Stelling. I mean, the list is insane. Everybody, they all left within like a year of each other. And thus... Pete they, Holmes would even mention. Pete Holmes, yeah. And like the thing was like they had built up this reputation of if you come to these shows, they're going to be good comics. And so the, it was fucking... You could get so much stage time. It was, in, it was bananas, man. And... When I first moved there, so I did improv first. I, I was like, because I, I just didn't know. I didn't know you what don't any know. this was. Yeah, I have no idea. And yeah. the idea of like a school for comedy was so appealing. I was like, of course, it's classes? it's like a real, I really recommend it. Like, I don't recommend, don't, you don't need to do it, but I don't discourage it because no. you just meet like-minded people. Yeah. And I, I think the shitting on improv thing is more because it's a fun thing to shit on. It's actually, in truth, it is a great skill set. Oh, it's. It takes you out of yourself. It's also super fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Like, and I was so bad. And what's funny, I think about it now, if I did it now with the confidence that I've gained through 10, 11, oh, Jesus Christ, 11, 12 years of doing stand-up, yeah. I feel like I would have so much fun now because when I was doing it then, I didn't know if I was funny. Right. I had never acted. It was overload. Yeah. Whereas now I've like, I've kind of gained a little confidence from being sure. like, okay, I am a funny person. Yeah. So now I can... I can trust my instincts. Yes. But my my year of improv was just me being like, <laughs> so afraid of making a mistake. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that for you. I did a little stand-up through that year, I, but I, I did mostly smoked weed and did improv. Where were you working? I worked for a real estate company called Home Scout Realty. Okay. My friend Ross had been working there. got me a job. We just showed apartments. We okay. The apartment showers. That's fun. Um, and... I made a huge mistake because you could do a thing where you could either take a draw, which is where the company just pays you a flat rate. Yeah. Or you could get a commission. Oh, yikes. And I was like that young gun. You're like, dude, I won two TVs at Circuit City. I'm going to sell so many apartments. That's exactly right. Yeah. I don't want to undersell myself. Yes. And talk about a job that like bare minimum, man. I just could. They had a ping pong table. I got really good at ping pong. I'll tell you that much. That's great. Yeah. Real good at ping pong. Awful at apartments. Because you had to advertise on Craigslist. It was a whole process. It was terrible. I worked at a startup um, when they got a ping pong table. It was, they were, they might as well have closed their doors. Yeah. We were all just like, we're going to go play ping pong all day. Yeah. 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 What are they thinking? Like a four hour ping pong lunch. Yeah. This whole idea of like, we'll make the office cool and they won't want to leave. It's (laughs) like, no, offices are supposed to suck. Yeah. 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 That's the Uh, whole idea. So you work there, but you get, you're getting good at stand up. How uh, how long do you do this before you end up headed to New York? So I was there from March of uh, 2009 through September of 13. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, my day job is where I, I worked at that real estate company. Then two guys from that company broke off and started their own. Mm -hmm. I worked for them for like four months. And then I just felt bad because I was like, you guys are trying to start a business, man. I am dead weight. Yeah, it's the thing where you respect the people you work for, so you don't want to take their money. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so I go, dude, I'm out. And so I started working at a bar. Yep. What bar? Uh, the spot. You might have done spots there. They they had shows. It was in Uptown. Um, I don't think so. I don't. Montrose I don't remember. Broadway, it. basically. I don't. I don't remember it. There's a Target there now. When I was working there, the Target was being built. Yep. It's just by the Green Mill. If you ever been there where they do paper machete oh yes um so just down the road okay um and it was it was like a artsy bar like it wasn't a gay bar but it was gay friendly there was nights that were very gay like they would yeah. watch glee there and like have viewing parties uh, there was like rugby teams that, that were sponsored so they'd sounds kind of like a lame bar it, it was like not yeah <laughs> They watched Glee. Yeah, yeah. No, it was Glee great. nights. It, this bar did not have any idea what its identity Look, was. I get a Breaking Bad night. I get a Game <laughs> of Thrones night. Yeah, Glee. Glee. All right. And, and in the spirit of bad jobs, I worked the door because the whole thing was like you could work your way up. So you start in the door if you're a guy, and you had to promote. Like you had to bring people in. That was Oof. the whole thing. Oh God. Terrible. Terrible. Ugh. So my thing was, I'll do a comedy show. That'll be my promotion. Yes. Um, but like, you know, 10 people, five, 10 people would maybe come. Uh, so yeah. I was just stuck on the door. And on Glee Night, they would have this thing where you had to dress like a high school clique. You had to pick a clique to dress okay. like. Yeah. So I had all these sports clothes. So I was like, I'm a jock. Yeah. So I'd be working the door in like a basketball jersey and shorts. And they had this promotion where you could vote for which... Uh, bar staff member you wanted to get a slushy dumped on their head which is so unbelievably demoralizing Jesus and so nobody and like the, the guys who own the place were so delusional they thought that like people were coming because they loved the staff and we're all friends they didn't know any of us so people come in and they go well what's your name and I go Kenny and then they would circle my name so we'd watch Glee I'd be outside fucking at the door the show would end I'd go inside get a slushy dumped on my head <laughs> The owner would hand me a towel. I would literally towel out. He'd be like, I need you back on the door within two minutes. Oh. So I would like go to the bathroom and not even have time to truly wash it off. So I just have sticky syrup in my hair, standing in the Chicago night in the basketball clothes in a rough neighborhood, too. You got slimed? I got slimed. Every glee night? For minimum wage. Oh, No my. tips. This is, that's the worst job. I've, this is top five worst jobs I've ever heard of. It's awful, dude. And I, I, I was just stuck there, man. And I was like... The, the only saving grace was being on the door. At least I didn't have my boss around. So like yeah. there was a, a guy from Serbia, Jovo. I'll never forget him. He was, uh, he did, uh, park, he parked cars for ballet for the tattoo shop right next door. Uh -huh. And him and I would sit there and we would just like smoke weed and make each other laugh. And it was like the only saving grace of the whole thing. And yeah. it was my first place. I ran a comedy show. Like that's really how I learned the stand up scene. Yep is the guy, another guy that worked there was in the sketch comedy world. So he knew like Beth Stelling and he knew Joe Fernandez and a couple of the standups. Yeah. So he booked them. That's how I met Mike Leibovitz. And then they showed me like Shubas and yeah. where to go. Man, Shubas was like so fucking rad when I, like that was where you got to show the good guys that you could hang. Yes, it was. Uh, and I barely made it there before it started to curtail. Yeah. So I was so intimidated. Shuba's was the Sunday night open mic. That would be like 60 plus yeah. comics and like audience straight up audience audience to 60 comics and audience sandwiched into the upstairs of Shuba's, which is a good music venue, but upstairs is like this weird little hall. 
and like you would get three minutes and if you could get a laugh or two because you're going against real comics yeah for sure uh that's like shubas was when they were like hey you, you should hang out a little more like it was yes it was so scary to walk up those stairs yeah that's where you learned like that's where people are like you should come by comedians you should know yes oh, yeah yeah what yeah it's a show which that show's still going yeah, I remember when um, that show. Yeah, I, I, I had. Yeah, I remember getting asked to do that show. It was such a big deal. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But okay. So you you go into Chicago. You work in this terrible place. It all works out. It all starts working. And then what makes like, uh, you guys decide to move to, uh, New York? Was it Hannibal giving you saying like you could host a show or what? That kind of came later. Um. Just real quick sidebar because it's worth mentioning. Yeah. From there, I met a person that worked at um. DeVry University and I worked there for a year. That was the worst job. That was awful. Okay, quick quick DeVry. Very quick DeVry. What happened? But it's for-profit college. It's like 60 grand a year. No one graduates because it's online. So it is like the most predatory shit I've ever seen. Like the for-profit college has got to go. I'll just say that. Like I worked yeah. there for a year. What does for-profit college mean? Um, It's like University of Phoenix, all that shit where they're not, half of them aren't even accredited. So like if you get a degree from Phoenix, people look at it and go, I don't fucking care. Yeah. And you just spent 70 grand. Well, you know, some, it, it may help a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Right. But for the most part, like they were under investigation when I worked awful. So anyway, point being, fuck that place. I worked there for a year, did the bare minimum, quit that job what was to your go job to New York there? for the first time. What was your job there? Like just calling? Admission. Yeah. And I was an admissions advisor, but oh. it was straight up predatory phone sales. Yeah. I was so disgusted. I found out the bare minimum I could do without getting fired because they had just made it illegal to have sales goals because people were being too fucking predatory. Yeah. So I, f I found out I could work there a year without signing anyone up for school okay. and still draw my salary. Oh, wow. And then at the end of that year, I went to New York for the first time. Okay, So cool. that's the important part. Yes. So boom, I got out of there. And then, um, you know, they used to have JFL Chicago, which was like just for laughs, but in Chicago. Right, yeah. I was never, I never got to be a part of it. But Me neither. And no, I didn't even get to audition. Yeah. And so, you know, I was kind of dealing with feelings of like, what do I have to do to be respected in this goddamn scene? Yeah. And I went to New York I did all the good shows, Cabin, Knitting Factory, um, Big Terrific, like oh, yeah. that Big whole G. run. Can't, was Big Terrific at Cameo? That was at Cameo. Cameo. So yeah, I just called it like Jenny I was Slade just, yeah, and I just Max Silvestri. It. That was my favorite show. It was the best, dude. Yeah. And the last show I did that run was Knitting Factory with Hannibal. I had a really good set. I mean, it's it's not hard. It's not hard. Yeah. Ta not, that, not taking away from you, but I'm saying the best fucking room ever. It's so good, man. And I just, I was feeling good. And then I was at the airport to go back to Chicago and then uh, the just for laughs Chicago auditions got posted and it was like 60 to 80 comics, maybe a hundred comics right. citywide. And I didn't get one. Oh my God. And I was just like, I couldn't believe that's it. That's so crushing too. Cause I'm sure you are just looking at the people who did get them and you're furious. I'm, yeah. And it's like, and also too, like in my mind, I'm like, dude, I, I feel like I'm nice to everyone. And I've always run really good shows uh, and I try to book everyone. Yeah. And like, I was someone that cared about diversity before you had to. Right. You know before I mean? you like, I always, <laughs> I always like tried like, before it was a law, like my, my show, we had like a diverse cast on purpose. Sure. And yeah. We try to get like the, and this sounds shitty, but like the South side comic, but like Chicago's so fucking divided and fucked. Right. Up, yeah. You you try to, you'd cross lines as, as a, you know, you're like, Hey, these guys work these rooms. Why don't you come into this room? I work this room. You work, you know, yeah, I'll come get to a, yours. You come to mine. We yeah. got to, we got to cross. This is fucked up. It's great. So I always felt like I was like, what do I got to do? So that so you were spurned. I was pissed. And so I called Clark. And I was like, man, I'm moving to New York. Fuck this, dude. Yeah. I was like, I can't just be in a city where I get one opportunity a year. And then when it doesn't happen, my life is fucked up for three months. Right. I'm spiraling. And so Clark goes, you know what? Will and I have been talking about moving to New York. Chill. Like, 
wait, let's just go in the fall. We'll all go together. He calls Will. Will's like, I'm in. Yep. He calls me back like, boom. So I get back. And if you know Clark, this is a funny story because it's very Clark. Uh, I, know, like, I, do, I know Will and you better than Clark. I love Clark, but I've never like hung out with just Clark. Yeah, for sure. So this is just very – so like he's like, we'll move. let's not even tell anyone we're going. And then I got back, and there was a Monday show at a place called Ace Bar. Dan Friesen ran it. It was an awesome show. Nate Burroughs. And we're there, and Will and Clark go on stage, and Clark's like, we're moving to New York in September. It just announces <laughs> it like after saying, hey, guys, let's just, yeah, yeah, let's just yeah. keep it – you know. So, yeah, and then uh, we moved. We moved together to New York, and um, – and then yeah, the rest of history. Then yeah, well then yeah, you go there. Hannibal gets to Hannibal was really famous hosting Knitting Factory, but then he took down Cosby and became almost too famous yes. to have a weekly show. Yeah, and he gave it to you, Will and Clark to yeah. take over, which was fucking rad as hell. Yeah, and then you guys ran that show for how many years? Was it Knitting Factory for a little over four years? Incredible, yeah, because you guys took it over right before I moved back to LA. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we were there. We were running it when you were in New York. When I was just a absolute, just a pissed off psychopath. <laughs> I had the best fifteen minutes on why I hate it, in New York, and it was and, really funny. But that's that was the that's when I realized I was like, I got to get out of here because I have like a perfect fifteen minutes that only works in this city, and that's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so remember the, the your trash joke. That's how rat based societies start. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was I was just so like you guys. My problem with New York City is they think it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's not good. No. Uh, okay, so you move there, you take that over. Uh, then things start happening for you. It, it's it's weird how it works. You moved to New York and gained respect versus in Chicago. Yeah. You know what I? You know what I really think it is. I think you got to go to. A, it's tough for people who see you start to respect you. Yes. You know what I mean? I because they people started New York or LA for that reason. Because they're like, no, no, that's open mic. You're like, and that open, I've been doing 10 years. Yeah. 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 A lot of New York comics said that to me. They're like, you're so lucky you started somewhere else, man. Yeah. Everyone saw me suck. Chicago is incredible. I moved, I moved only four years into comedy and I'm so lucky I did that. But, um, so you moved there. What'd you do in New York for money real quick? And then we'll just close out. Yeah, with, for sure. So for, first job, uh, real estate company, same apartment. Cause that was, that was all I had on my resume. Did you ever have, could you do the broker fee? Yeah. That uh, was a nightmare. Yeah, it was a nightmare. I only did that for one summer. That got me through my first summer. Okay. Then I walked dogs for six months and then I started working at that moving company. That all the comics worked at. Yeah. And that with Mike Racine. Best job. Yes. I just, Mike Racine was two episodes ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. Andy Haynes kicked off this whole long line of comics moving, and it sounds like the greatest job ever. It really was. Yeah, man. Um, They're really flexible. I kind of miss it now. It's weird. I have That's like what, Stockholm syndrome. Mike was saying he, he, he will always move. He likes, he likes hard work. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing, man. It's like, it's like a very challenging thing and there's a finite end. You know what it is? Because in comedy, everything's so intangible. Right. Moving, it's like when I'm done, I'm done. And I did it. That's And it, I accomplished my goals. Absolutely. Cool. And then you meet Sashir. You guys are engaged and you move out here. You move out to LA. Yeah. Moved out here about a year ago. Well, a year and a half ago. Yeah. And now you're just working on January. all sorts of shit. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So anything you want to plug before we roll out? Uh, just follow me on socials. I, I, I was in the midst of starting a podcast, but um, with everything going on in the world, I'm p- waiting. Yeah, no um, worries. I'll put a link. I'll put a link to your Twitter uh, and Instagram in this episode. Those are the two I care about. Twitter and Instagram. Do that. <laughs> yeah. And your LinkedIn profile in case anybody wants uh, <laughs> yeah. an, an economist. Who knows? If, if, yeah. If, if comedy doesn't come back, I might need a LinkedIn. Oh, Jesus. Don't even talk about it. Yeah. I, my friend. 
my friends who were bad at comedy are like, oh, fucking glad stand-up's over. I'm like, you are. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked it. You know, you could have just quit. Yeah, yeah, no, I exactly. miss it so much, man. Uh, okay, well, uh, Kenny, I know that you are just such a huge fan of the show and you listen to every single episode, so you know that I always let the guest take us out. Oh, great. Uh, thank you for listening. You guys are the best. If you go to Springfield, Missouri, get some Chinese food, take care of each other, love each other. Black Lives Matter. Thank you.